For the next two episodes, what's the bluff, the bottom line up front? We're going to explore practical financial tips for success. The steps, at least in the first three episodes, you're going to be able to immediately apply to your personal finances where applicable. So uh, understanding personal finance is extremely important. It directly impacts, it's one of the things that directly impacts our quality of life. It's the difference between a staycation and a vacation. Being able to cover an emergency bill or debt, early retirement, or having to work way past a certain age later down in, later in your life. So here are the three topics we're, we're going to go over today. How to create a budget by Jason. Understanding, okay, well, how many resources do I have? And um, where am I spending my money? Great. Once you have that, you move on to automation by Donnell. All right. So you know where the money is, you know where it needs to go, and now you can streamline that process through automation. And then third, you have your budget, you have your automation, and now how do you, what's the criteria for how you allocate funds into different buckets? And that'll be the 50-30-20 rule by Johan. So Jason, take it away. This topic is near and dear to my heart about creating a budget. And, uh, you know, to make it nice and simple and, you know, make sure that you have tips that you can walk away with. Use the acronym MAD, you know, for, for when you're thinking about a budget. You measure um, your, your, where, you find, what, where your money is going. You adjust it. And then you decide where you want your money to go. So when you talk about measuring, I use tools like Mint. There's no way for you to actually get better at your finances if you don't know where your money is going. So I use Mint and there's a lot of tracking software. And I just start by tracking where, where my money is going, not changing anything. And then I go into the adjust. I look at where my money is going. I say, do I need four coffees? Well, maybe I could take out two and then I adjust back and forth of things I really, really want and things I really don't even care for that I just do on a whim. And then after I adjust that, then I decide where I want my money to go. And that's coming into setting up your budget as far as, you know, making sure that you're not spending more than you bring it in. You're not running up those credit cards. So uh, those that's my tip. Um, just remember the acronym MAD. You want to measure, you want to adjust, and then you want to decide. Um, you know, this this has been really helpful for me, you know, going forward. Hey, awesome. Appreciate that, Jason. So what are, uh, just a quick question, what are some of the challenges you've experienced when creating a budget? Some of the challenges is, you know, that the impulse buy and uh, that that need to keep up. You know, if if Farron gets a new car, you know, I mean, we work at the same place. Why shouldn't I have a new car? We got uh, the same job, but everyone finances is different. That's why you first measure. You know, just take an account, and then you 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 find out what's important to you, and that's where you go into the adjusting. Um, and before in the past, what has been hard was the tracking portion of it, but now. Mm -hmm. Now we use just credit cards. I barely have cash on me, so it's really easy to track. Hey, solid. Uh, one one final question, uh, at least from my regards, and we can open up to the group. Uh, so what about as far as your your timeline for your budget? Are you creating a budget for the month, quarterly, weekly, monthly? How, how does it work for you? Well, people determine a budget based on your impulses. I know some folks that are do it by the week, I'm more comfortable doing it by the month. 
you know, um, I usually pay rent by the month, you know, mortgage by the month. I like doing it by the month, but a lot of folks get paid weekly. So they want to make sure that every week they are paying off some bills or doing something. So I would say that's where the tracking comes in. As you track it, I say you track it over a month, in my opinion. And then from there, then you can adjust back of things you want to take out. And then you decide where that money goes. Man. Man, I like it. Solid. Any other comments from the group? I see yeah, Chris. I'm, I'm with you, Jason. So uh, I also create budgets by the month. Um, and I'm in alignment with, with everything you were sharing. Uh, one other key element that, that I do is as those budgets unfold um, and you get the experience with it, I start to uh, forecast budgets out into the future in the future months and uh, pick up the key pieces of um, things that are reoccurring for certain months. So if you know that you're car registration is due in a certain month everyone knows when valentine's day comes or mm -hmm. mother's day things of that nature you're you're sure that to account for all of those things that uh birthdays of family members you're sure to account for them every month and uh that way there's this as we say no surprises so definitely mm -hmm. the the next step once you get that budget locked in and you're maneuvering with it uh, regardless of the frequency you do it on is you want to start to take that budget out uh, into the future because if you don't have a plan um then you, you should have you should have uh, financially perish absolutely and you know you brought up a good point valentine's day you know you want to plan your breakup you know at least a month in advance so you don't have to <laughs> give up that that, that gift <laughs> you know that's part of budgeting it's <laughs> solid any, any additional comments before we move on to our next comment uh topic with Danielle? Real quick, Jason. Thanks for the feedback. Just wanted to let folks know that uh, always be open to change. So as you're budgeting, uh, you don't have to be, you know, um, strict to it. Be open to change as you get to the end of the month. Things change. Um, resources may shrink. Just be open to uh, making minor modifications. What's most important is that you know how much money you have. Absolutely. Hey, solid. Good to go. I uh, pre appreciate the feedback, everyone. Appreciate Jason for, for sharing with the group. Mad. So, all right, we'll get on to the next financial tip uh, with Donnell. Uh, Donnell, uh, please feel free to continue. Yeah, thanks, Karen. I would say my tip really is is kind of the next step to the budget that Jason was talking about. So once you've done your budget, you know how much you're bringing in, you know how much is going out. Uh, really, you, you you're pretty consistent for the most part with, with your expenses. It really gives you an opportunity to automate. So for me, automation has been like a godsend. So, but you know, you know, there are certain expenses like say mortgages, rent, uh, those type of things. You can automate those to come out of your account because you know, they're coming every month, you know, when they're coming, you, you should know how much you're bringing in and you can balance how much is going out. So if you automate those things, you don't have to worry about them and then it really gives you an opportunity to get to the next step of automation for me which is if you start automating your savings the way your 401k is automated it really takes all those human factors out so if you pay your first pay yourself first um i guarantee you'll figure out the rest what, what, what what's what's left you'll figure it out so really the, the automation for me it removes the emotional element of spending and really it, it's a great tool Oh, nice. Okay. Hey, I really appreciate that, Donnell. Do you have any uh, recommendations or ideas on 
maybe softwares or some of the things that you use for automation? Sure. I would say the one of the more helpful things is having uh, more than one account. So that way you can, when things need to move around, you can know where your, your direct pay is coming to, where your balances are for each account. It really, having at least more, at least two accounts, it really kind of helps uh, simplify things because, I mean, it can get a little hectic if uh, money's coming out of this account, money's going into that account. You want to make sure that there's sufficient funds. So having those two accounts and knowing what your, what your monthly expenses are, again, back to the budget, and you know how much is coming out so you can know you have to maintain a balance of above that what's going out. Uh, makes makes perfect sense. Okay, yeah, I appreciate. Jump in here, Don. Uh, oh, sure. I know, I, I've I've this has been very helpful for me too. Um, uh, I read a book a couple of years ago. It's called uh, Automatic Millionaire by David Bach, and that has uh, some great tips on how you can automate your finances. And as you say, like you know, just like your four hundred one k, you know, that really he he goes into compound interest and a whole bunch of other tips, but you know, Automatic Millionaire is a good resource to, you know, if you want to dive more into the world of automation in your finances. Oh, that sounds awesome, man. I appreciate that. I, I actually, of course, you're doing things and you don't really know that there's a whole theory behind it and everything. But I actually kind of got a tip from a book called I'll Teach You to Be Rich. And there was a small chapter on that part and how he sets up his account so he doesn't have to worry about anything. And it kind of was like, I mean, you know, you're kind of already doing it with a lot of stuff. You're like, hey, I don't want to have to worry about that. It'll be easy if I just go ahead and have my uh, rent drafted or have my mortgage drafted. So you start setting those things up, then you realize there's a whole, really a system behind it. And once you get that system set up, man, like you said, like, it's amazing. Because I, I, often I think back, if I had started automating, like, my savings, for example, the same time I started automating my 401 when I first started working, and the amount of money I would have would be, like, a lot more than I have today. Yeah, just send me some of that, that a lot more once you get to that point. <laughs> all right I, I will keep you in mind man because i know you're, you're always good for it drop those uh when you have a moment drop those links or, or for those book recommendations that i think that'd be great for the audience yeah uh jason and don if you could once more repeat the titles of those books awesome. yeah the one i was referencing was i will teach you to be rich and that is by ramit sethi yes oh awesome another one is uh, uh automatic millionaire by david bach Hey, solid. One other uh, app that I use, I think, is a culmination between automation and creating a budget is Truebill. Uh, Truebill is a pretty, pretty cool app. You can see it breaks down your spending into different groups or different categories. So you can see like, okay, what, what amount of money you're spending towards uh, auto, what amount of money you're spending towards shopping and things of that nature. Um, so uh, Truebill is a visual and kind of a an analytical way of, of also viewing viewing your bills and, and automation. So be kind of a combination between both those financial tips. We we appreciate you guys sharing. No other comments. I uh, will get to our our third uh, third topic of the day by Juwan. Uh, the 50, 30, and 20 rule. Go ahead, Juwan. What's going on, guys? So Jason touched on budgeting and Don touched on automation. And I feel like the 50, 30, 20 rule is a good utilization of both of those principles. So what is the 50, 30, 20? It's a, a budgeting method, right? That allocates your after-tax income uh, into three distinct groups. 
groups. So Don talks about automation. So when I give you these three distinct groups, the first group being needs, right? So we want to allocate 50% of our after-tax income to this needs, right? And then 30% is for wants. So let's automate or allocate 30% of our after-tax income to wants. And then 20% is for savings. So when you're trying to implement a principle like automation that Don touched on, you can do so. A lot of people don't know this or they don't really think about it, but your bank will let you create as many checking or savings account as you want. Well, I don't want to say as many, but uh, you can create more than just one, right? So let's say, for example, we talk about automation. If I wanted to, I can have my employer allocate 50% of my after-tax income to a checking account. I can also have my employer allocate 30% of my after-tax income to a separate checking account. Um, and as well as one of the things I've done since being employed, I allocate 10% uh, at a minimum of my after-tax income to a savings account. And so that's where automation could be very beneficial. So when you go and you're trying to create a budget like the 50-30-20 rule, right, you, you have all these separate accounts that, are, uh, that have automatic deposits. And so when you go to spend in a store or wherever, right, you already know how much money you have to uh, spend for each uh, each type of fund, whether it's a need, a want, or a saving. Uh, when we talk about the 50-30-20 rule, I think it's important to understand the classification of each, right? So the first group, uh, the needs, right? So um, your needs is going to be uh, essential expenses. So that's going to include uh, things like your mortgage or rent or uh, groceries, uh, transportation, gas, tire rotation, oil changes. Um, it's going to include utilities like your gas and electric, insurance, car insurance, health insurance, right? Or, or child care expenses if you have a kid. Um, all those things count as your needs. They're uh, necessities. They're essential, right, for your well-being and, and your continuation, right? Um, and then we talk about wants. Uh, wants are going to include things like travel, uh, vacation. 30% goes a long ways, right, towards uh, taking that dream vacation. You know, other wants includes entertainment. Maybe you want to go to the movie theater or bowling alley. Uh, gift giving. Uh, gift giving is a want, right? So if you get to the end of the year, like we are right now, Christmas is coming up. If you've allocated 30% of your funds to this want uh, grouping, right? When you get to the end of the year, you don't feel as bad about purchasing gifts and you can do so without feeling like you're draining, completely draining your, your account. Um, and so that's a really good opportunity there uh, for automation and allocation of your funds. Um, eating out and clothing are, are, are also other ones. Now, if you're like some of these people that, uh, or I should say, if you're like, if you're one of those folks that can't cook, Right. And you're only and the only way you can eat is if you before you to go out to the local Bojangles or the local cookout, then you can classify that as a need. Like because you have to go and, and purchase prepared food. If that's your only means of eating, then that's absolutely a need. Clothing, if you're purchasing something that, um, you know, you don't necessarily need, but you like it, then that would be a want. But, for example, if you're you know preparing for a job interview, you need a suit. Go ahead and classify that expense as a need. Same if you're purchasing clothes for your kids, uh, they're growing, they're starting school, you have to purchase those uh, those clothes or those shoes. Uh, that can be classified as a need. It's really up to the individual. 
you know, so I'm giving examples of needs and wants, but um, the actual classification is up to the individual. Uh, but ultimately, you just want to make sure you're aware of the amount of money you have and, and how much you're spending and where you're spending. And last and most importantly, right, is savings. And I say most importantly, that's my opinion. Um, when I think about savings, I allocate, like I said, at least 10 percent of my, my um, after-tax income to savings, at least at a minimum. Savings are important because you can create an emergency. Fund. Remember, emergency fund, folks. Like, I can't stress how important having an emergency fund is. Um, There's no more so, important fund when you need yeah, an emergency no, fund. No more important fund, okay? And that's coming from Chris, who has an MBA. He knows a little bit about business, and he knows a little bit about financing. <laughs> uh, so, uh yeah, that emergency fund, folks. I'm telling you, there's nothing, there's no better security blanket. Um, so I always have uh, strived to get to three to six months worth of expenses or those needs, right? So those things you say you absolutely have to have, try to figure out how much you're spending on those things per month and multiply that number times three or six and 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 allocate your savings to grow it to that number, right? That three or six number, whatever works for you. And, and you'll be in a much better position, right? So if you have a medical issue, you're laid off or you need a major uh, vehicle repair, you'll have some funds on hand that you can grab from for those emergencies and without putting your family in a predicament. Um, you also wanna pay off debt, obviously. Um, all of us are students, former students, we have student loans. If you have a loan that has a really high interest rate, I would focus on those first. Uh, but any debt you can get rid of, you want to try to allocate some of your savings to that. Um, and then last, you can use your savings for investing stocks, bonds or index funds, whatever floats your boat. Um, but in general, that's the that's my opinion, my take on the 50, 30, 20 rule. OK, it's the budgeting method. It's a great way to allocate your funds. And hopefully, you know exactly how much money you have and where your money is going. So, so Juwan, this is this is a newer principle to me. Um, so definitely you're dropping some some knowledge here today. So take me through this, uh, I guess, tactically speaking, when you're going through the 50, 30, 20 rule, um, as you stated, <clears throat> you have you can have the separate accounts. So with those separate accounts, are you ending up with separate cards issued from your same bank? Is that what um, someone could, could do tactically? And they're just knowing which one is which or how, yeah. do, how does that part work? Yeah, so most banks will give you a, uh, like if you have a checking account, right, you get a card for that. You can also get a card for your savings account. However, the transactions uh, within a store, right, if you're using, uh, it's a lot easier with a checking account than with a savings. Typically, you have to go to an ATM or something like that if you wanted to withdraw from a savings account, uh, which is fine. But you could have two checking uh, account cards that you can use within for your transactions. You go to your grocery store, you use one card. Uh, if you want to go eat at Ruth's Chris for date, date night, you use a different card. But uh, the the ideal, the idea ultimately is that you're monitoring regularly how much money you have and how much you're spending and where you're spending it. Okay, and also tactically, as you transition through the month, um, Jason was talking about. We were talking about the monthly budget previously as you transition. So if there's a remainder, let's say in your needs or in your um, your your wants bucket, what happens with that from a, a month to month um, perspective? Does, does that just accumulate throughout the 12 months of the year or are if you have extra needs, do you how does that work? Take me through that. 
Yeah, so my goal is to is for it to accumulate. It's not like, okay, I got this extra 200 bucks of needs. Let me allocate that to the wants and, and, and go and, and buy me some grub or a new Nike shirt or something like that or whatever you're into, right? I've That's seen not your the wardrobe, Juwan. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's not the point. The point is to build wealth, right? And how do you build wealth? You have to spend less than you make. And so as you go month to month, if you have some extra funds in your needs, keep it there. You have some extra funds in your wants, keep it there. Because when you get to the end of the year, right, those extra funds you had in your wants, now you can go get Christmas gifts, right, without too much stress. Or when <laughs> Valentine's Day come around, rather than breaking up with your girlfriend, you'll have some funds <laughs> to go get her something nice, uh, et cetera. And then the needs, right? So, um, you know, maybe you get to the end of the year, you need a new washer, dryer, stove. Maybe you have a, a, you know some extra funds where you can do that. Uh, that type of thing with. That's a necessity you can make an argument for, right? It's really up to you how you choose and decide. Uh, but the the hope is that the individual is carrying over those funds. They're not trying to like completely diminish those funds month to month. That shouldn't be the goal. <laughs> I got you. I had a question here. I think uh, what you, uh, what Jason, Donnell, Juwan, what you all have shared is like really practical solution to uh, uh, achieving financial success, independence. My question is just, uh, uh, what are some of the things that you've done to help you build those habits or maybe some safeguards to support you, uh, stay consistent? So Bill, I just been there, uh, real quick. I would say kind of like I was saying earlier with, uh, kind of how Bill, I'm saying with the savings and stuff like that. Uh, and this is kind of like, I guess a bonus tip you could say is like pay yourself first, which would be your savings or whatever investing that automatically comes out. Um, if you pay yourself first and you already know that amount you're going to allocate that 10% or 20%, whatever it is, I guarantee you will figure it out with what you have left. I guarantee you. So for me, that that's kind of a safeguard of, okay, I go ahead and move this. And now this is what I'm left to work with. And I guarantee you'll just figure it out how how to allocate that to get you over to whatever hump you're going up again. I think that you touch on with, with the topics we hit so far, you would see that all of them are interconnected. And I, I and I and I think uh jo Joan, um tips are that thirty thousand foot view is a good big strategy. And then what I was talking about is more of a detailed strategy from month to month. So you 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 know they kind of intertwine with each other. So, you know, once you, you, you allocate that, um, then it goes into the 50, 30, 20. But what you asked was, what is your why for budgeting? The why. And everyone's why is different. You know, my why is that I don't want to work the rest of my life. So I know that if I sacrifice a little bit now, I will have a lot more later. You know, um, sacrificing... Um, that new shoes that I want or that new thing that I want because uh, for me, the stress of not paying my bills is greater than, you know, that that high I get from that purchase. So how I stay on budget is that for me, I like less stress. You know, for me, I if I can take care of all my bills and then I know exactly what I need to what I have to play with, I play with that, and then everything else, you know, just goes somewhere else. Um, uh, 
you know, there are great deals, but it might not be a great deal for you um, just based on your budget. So that's how I kind of stay in line by thinking of my greater goal of being, you know, financially free. I, I, so I could talk all day on, on podcasts. Jason, that comes down to uh, everyone's why and what your, um, you know, what your goal is. And so as, as a father, um, I'm very familiar with the, the children's story about the ant and the grasshopper. And so it really, you know, that the lesson is, is right there for us uh, at a very early age with that um, particular um, story is that the grasshopper was spending all of his summer dancing and enjoying himself um, and, and not wanting to work and store up food for the winter. And the ant was there constantly collecting a stockpile for seeing the, you know, the things ahead, talking about a lot of the points we touched on. Juwan told us to have an emergency fund. You know that the, that winter season is coming. Um, and, and those times, like Jason speaking of, you know, when you are, um, when you're, you know, reaching your, what, what we refer to as your golden years, you don't have uh, as much of a um, marketability in the workforce at a point in time, both physically, you know, and mentally. Um, you're, there's going to be a time when you don't earn the income levels that you earn today. Um, as as an asset to a business and or organization, and so um, we're preparing for those times, understanding that that's coming coming along. Uh, so you want to be the ant, not the grasshopper. You want to be well prepared. You want to have a stockpile should you need it, knowing that one day you will. Yeah, go ahead, John. Oh yeah, yeah. So I wanted to just kind of uh, touch on what um, Bill was questioning there about, like, how do you uh, to the budgeting strategy. So when I first started the 50-30-20 rule, I was actually using Excel uh, and I would create an Excel spreadsheet, go through my um, statements and see where all my transactions were going and classifying them as a need, want, or savings, right? There are so many uh, budgeting tools available now that will do that stuff for you, right? That'll make that, that visual so much more uh, prevalent. And one of them, I think someone mentioned earlier was Mint. I use Mint quite a bit, but I can go in there and I can assign something as a need or, or a want and, and those sorts of things, right? So it makes it much easier visually to see, but also allocate funds to, right? So uh, that's that's one thing. But I think the other thing though, is like, it feels so much better when you can make purchases knowing you can afford it, right? And knowing like you're comfortable, you're not putting yourself in a bad position. And it's really, for me personally, really rewarding from that standpoint. And I think we have to remember as we're budgeting to reward ourselves. So that's where that wants can become very valuable while you're saving, while you're putting money aside for um, important emergencies and stuff like that. Let's also make sure we take care of ourselves. And like Don said, pay ourselves, make sure we're taking, and that'll encourage you to continue with your budgeting strategy. Man, okay. Gents, I definitely appreciate it. I, I know I learned a lot, um, you know, a lot of information, but I, I think the the takeaway for me is that, you know, we have this this brilliant panel, you know, everyone's educated, everyone's an engineer, everyone is just phenomenal in their own way. And I think what's cool is that the the steps that we learned today were practical as we kind of, we introduced, 
And so I think the listeners would agree that they could take the steps where applicable uh, in their personal finances and immediately apply them. I think that's that's incredible in itself. And so uh, just a quick recap, uh, create a budget by Jason. So, hey, where's the money and and, uh, you know, getting better at documenting and really seeing like how much money you have and what you can actually spend. All right. And so next step was automation by by Donnell. All right. So, you know, where the money is now you go through automation. Why do it manually? Let the technology leverage the technology and let it do the work for you. And then the 50, 30, 20 rule by Joanne. All right. So that's the method on really how do you allocate those funds and how do you measure that, that level of priority when allocating your funds? So incredible. Uh, as far as references, guys, uh, if you want reference material, um, should be readily accessible to wherever, whatever platform you receive this podcast on. Uh, the podcast will be available on all major platforms. Uh, and so if you want to reach back out, provide comments, feedback, please feel free. We, we are here for, for our listeners. Uh, so next, next episode, we're going to go over, uh, topics on debt. Um, and then in addition to compound interest. Now, uh, just for your awareness, there's a number of team members that have used these same practical steps for debt relief and have paid off student loans, uh, really expensive cars, houses, and things of that nature. And then compound interest, having your money do its work for you. And so going over the simple rule of compound interest is also an incredible asset. So uh, feel free to join us weekly as we explore just a wide range of topics. Uh, these first two episodes were finances. Uh, the next two will be a number of other topics that impact our daily lives and, and the world around us. So thanks for listening. I can't wait to talk and, and talk with you guys soon.